God himself does not worry. Fortunately, it's not uncommon for believers like you and I to worry, to step out of one kingdom and to step back to the old kingdom that we were delivered from. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Woo! <laughs> man, only if you guys knew what goes on in my head all the time, man. It'd be dangerous. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, y'all doing all right? Y'all got to work with me. So listen, today we are going to um, basically continue our current series that we have entitled uh, The Kingdom. So if you're taking notes today, today is part three. Uh, if you have not listened to or weren't here you know, for one and two, go check out the podcast. Once again, it's on our website at theanchor.me. But listen, before we dive into this message and before we pray, I kind of want to take a second and give you maybe the, the, the 20,000 foot you know, kind of view of this thing. And it simply is this, that, that we said that when you and I read our Bibles, when we read from Genesis to Revelation, we discover that within the pages of this book, that what the central theme, the central uh, thread, the central teaching, if you will, that runs throughout the Bible basically lets us know this, that our God is a king, right? And not only is he just some, you know, just any king, but man, he's a king that deserves, once again, our worship. He's a king that deserves our adoration, right? So secondly, if it's true that our God is a king, then wouldn't it make sense that he also rules and reigns a kingdom? The answer to that is absolutely yes. In fact, Jesus referred to this kingdom repeatedly as the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And thirdly, the Bible teaches us this, that when you and I repent of our sins and when we receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our lives, that you and I actually become citizens of that kingdom as sons and daughters of the king, right? Now, it's my opinion that if you and I are called to be citizens in this kingdom, then I believe it would be beneficial to you and I to know who our God is, right? Who our king is how his kingdom, uh, you know, once again operates and functions, what he is expecting from us, and then lastly, what our rights or our divine privilege are as sons and daughters of the king. So in short, I'm just saying this, that I believe that if you and I are going to live in the kingdom, then you and I need to know how kingdom living works, really. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little about that a little bit more. And uh, so let's pray, and we will dive in, and hopefully the Lord Jesus will help me focus. <laughs> Yes. Can y'all laugh? It's all right. Look, y'all are like all serious much, man. Y'all act like come to church and you got to act like you're in a library. Y'all be free, right? Be free. Yeah. Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for freedom in the house. I thank you for the, the opportunity to laugh and have fun with brothers and sisters that are in you. Lord, we should, truth is we should be the happiest people on the planet, Lord, because your joy is in us. And Lord, you said in your word, whom the son is set free is free indeed. So Lord, let us live like free people today. And so Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. Just simply put, God, your word says once again, where two or three are gathered, God, in your name. And God, we're gathered not in the name of a church. We're gathered in the name of Jesus today. And Lord, we thank Thank you for your presence, God, being here today. So, Lord, help me focus. God, help me concentrate. Help all of us concentrate. And, uh, Father, just tap into the anointing in your presence that's in the house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Listen, over the years I have often heard uh, basically the kingdom of God referred to as an upside-down 
kingdom. Has anybody ever heard that? That God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. Awesome, about five of us. That's good news. L- listen, when, when, people say, when people say this, man, they are referring to how God's kingdom basically thinks different. God's kingdom speaks different. God's kingdom acts different. Or we'll just say this, that God's kingdom functions different than the world that we see operating around us every day. If you know that's true, say amen. amen. Listen, we, we know this is true because so often uh, those who are considered uh, rich in man's eyes, once again, are often seen as being poor in heaven's eyes. You know, on the other side, you know, those who are often seen as poor in man's eyes are considered rich or wealthy in the kingdom, Right. So at the same time, listen, how many times have we seen people that are despised and rejected by men, but we know that they're loved and accepted by God? You know, how often have we seen those who are unknown and insignificant in man's eyes? Man, those people are well-known and have great influence in the kingdom. So, you know, once again, this is an upside-down kingdom. In fact, when I began to think about this, I had three portions of Scripture immediately come to my mind, and I just want to read them to you today, and these are all pretty well-known. The first one is this, once again, talking about how God's kingdom operates different or opposite of the world that we live in. First Samuel 16, verse 7. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. It says, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? The heart. Look at Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28 with me. It says, But Jesus called them, who's them? His disciples, together and said, You know that rulers in this world lord it over their people. Boy, that's true, isn't it? I know it's true. It's all right. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. It says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, some translations say, whoever among you desires to be great must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, it's Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, I tell you what, Jesus truly taught us that the way up in the kingdom of God is to go down through being a humble servant. Amen? Amen. Lastly is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says this in verse 26. It says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise, where? In the world's eyes. Or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. And used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Verse 29 says, as a result, here's the whole reason. So no one could ever boast in the presence of God. Listen, all three of those scriptures uh, show us how God's kingdom functions completely opposite to so much of what we see in this world. Listen, if I can maybe uh, put this another way, and I just want to remind you of this today, and I hope you hear this, that, that our, success, our success in God's kingdom isn't defined by what we have. Listen, it is defined more so by what we give away of ourselves. Amen? We can say it this way, that our success in God's kingdom isn't measured by how much we've accomplished, but it's measured by uh, basically the amount of the will of God and the plan of God that you and I have accomplished for our lives. Are you guys with me today? It's truly an upside-down kingdom. Now, 
Listen, when, when, I, when I begin to think about how God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom, I, I just basically want to remind you of this, that the, the main reason that's the case, the main reason that, let me say it this way, that God's kingdom functions in an opposite way or an opposite spirit in the world that we see all around us is because God himself is opposite of this world. That's huge. God himself is opposite of this world. In fact, it's extremely important for us to know that God always leads. Please get this. And I'll, I'll make this practical in a second. Just hang with me for a second. Lay in a foundation. That God always leads, he always builds, and he always advances his kingdom in accordance with his divine nature and his divine character. Great place to say amen. Listen, this means that God's kingdom always functions, it always operates, it always moves in accordance with God's nature and God's character. Now, let me kind of throw up, I think, I, I, I don't know, I just typed out some things really quick that came to me. I don't know, it's like 40-something things that really show that God's character consists of these things. So, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go through all those, so breathe, all right? It's all right. But, but it's in this sense. Once again, we're talking about how God leads, God advances, and God builds his kingdom, that his kingdom it moves and operates according to his nature, his character. It's an example. Look at the first one, that God is a God of love. So he leads his kingdom in love. That God is righteous. So guess what? He leads his kingdom in righteousness. Uh, guess what? God's a generous God, so he leads his kingdom once again out of generosity right he's humble so he doesn't lead some arrogant and pride and all that he leads with humility amen so listen the cool part about this is that you can go down that entire list and go back to the gospels of matthew mark luke and john and you see that jesus uh basically walked in every one of those why because once again he came to teach and to demonstrate the kingdom right so i want you to notice two things basically from that list okay the first thing i want you to notice is this is that when Jesus said, and we'll just leave it up there, when Jesus said this in Luke 12, 32, for it is your Father's good pleasure. In other words, it does your Father's heart good to give you the kingdom. Now, here's what I believe. I just believe that when we became followers of Jesus, that the Father came and he gave us, he literally deposited every bit, go back to that list, every bit of that inside of us. Come on, please have faith today, folks. He deposited every bit of that inside of us, right? In, in other words, this, that when the Holy Spirit moved in, he brought the kingdom with him, right? Not only for us to enjoy those things, but so that you and I could once again partner with him in the advancement of the kingdom in our generation, right? So the second thing I want us to notice from that list is this, is that not only does God reveal his kingdom and how it functions by who he is, but he also reveals his kingdom by who he is not, This is huge. Please don't miss this. For example, God is not hate. So his kingdom doesn't function in hate or by hate. In other words, there's no racism. There's no prejudice. There's none of that division, none of that mess in the kingdom of God. Right? Listen, God is a God of order, so his kingdom isn't chaotic and it's not led by confusion. Man, I've met more Christians that think God is schizophrenic. It is unbelievable. God's not confused. Right? Listen, God is not bitter, so his kingdom doesn't function through bitterness and unforgiveness. But yet we got that stronghold, so many of us, right? Listen, that that God uh, does not fear, so guess what? He doesn't motivate his people by fear. Great place to say amen. Listen, that God, guess what, is a father, so he doesn't treat his children like orphans. Are you following me today? So once again, God, God reveals his kingdom by who he is, but he also reveals it by who he is not. So... Just kind of a thought for you here. As I was thinking about all this, I couldn't help but to think how we as people uh, so often live like we're caught in between two kingdoms. 
right? It's like, it's like on, on, on one side, guess what? We, we basically this, that, man, we're locked in. Uh, you know, our spirit, man, that's been made you in Christ, man, it's connected to God's kingdom and connected to his ways. But on the other hand, guess what? Uh, we are all tempted to revert back to our flesh in its old ways. Yes? Maybe, listen, maybe not you, but your neighbor surely does, okay? And uh, because why? Because your flesh is in, intertwined what, so much with what's in this world and its issues. Now, I don't know about you, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, that we would have to admit that we flip-flop back and forth between those two kingdoms more than we would like to admit. Amen? Amen. Just because you're in, locked into one kingdom right now don't mean you're going to flip-flop back in another when you get in the car, <laughs> right? <laughs> So, listen, you, you know, so often, and so I kind of said all that to say this. All right, so let's make this practical. Uh, so often, I think when we talk about that flip-flopping, we, we, we kind of narrow that down and try to pinpoint it just to certain sins. And I think we do ourselves a huge injustice when we do that. Okay? So today I really feel impressed, really, by the Lord. It's like all week this thing's just been stirring. Uh, I want to talk about something that we rarely uh, attribute or we rarely assign to the kingdom of darkness, but there's no doubt that it comes from there. Right? And it's simply this. Y'all listen to me. One word. It's called worry. It's called worry. And, and, and what I want you to see in a second is this, is that uh, obviously worry is of one kingdom, not the other. So, so worry, you know, by definition simply means this. It's something that distracts you. It's something that uh, preoccupies your mind that causes stress, anxiety, and pressure. The word worry actually comes from the German word that literally means to strangle or choke. So here's what I want to see here is that God himself does not worry about anything. (laughs) Right? He has such an advantage. But, but listen, God doesn't worry. Guess what? So worry cannot be a part of his upside-down kingdom. But yet, listen, unfortunately, it's not uncommon for believers like you and I to do what? To worry. In other words, to step out of one kingdom and to step back to the old kingdom that we were delivered from. Amen? So I want to ask you simply today is this, is what are you worried about? What are you worried about today? What are you worried about today? Listen, are you worried about this? Are you worried about your financial situation? Listen, research shows this, that our money is the number one cause of stress among Americans. Literally that 70% of Americans say that they stress and worry about their finances all the time. So we'd be crazy to think that that's not a portion of us in this room. If you know that's true, say, oh, yeah. Oh, now you woke up then. That was good. <laughs> Listen, are you worried about your health today? Are you worried about the health of a loved one? Listen, are you worried today about a relationship that's important to you? Maybe, maybe it's a decision a friend or a loved one is currently making in their life. Listen, are you, are you worried today about the uncertainty of your future or the uncertainty of your uh, children's future or your grandchildren's future? Are you worried today about what? About uh, meeting other people's expectations or not? That's actually one of the highest ones that people struggle with. How about this? Are you worried about change that you have no control over? Are you worried about how certain people view you? I I say all those things not to pull them out of thin air, but, but research shows that's what people struggle with. That's what causes them to worry. So listen, if, if that's you today, I just simply want to tell you this, um, 
that even though none of that's from God, it certainly isn't abnormal in this world. <laughs> but it's certainly abnormal in the other one. Amen? So listen, in fact, I'll just say it this way. All worry is cloaked in the fear of the unknown. Man, that's so true. All worry is cloaked in the fear of the unknown. And I'll just maybe go so far to say this, that uh, worry is really, 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 really rooted in a lack of trust in God and his promises. That's so true. So listen, while I know the Bible, I'm talking about me personally here for a minute. While I know that the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear, and I know the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways, he'll make your path straight. Man, I believe those things, and I pray those things till I'm blue in the face. Uh, the truth is, is sometimes I find myself worrying, and I'll be honest with you, as your pastor, here's what I worry about. Probably number one thing, fear of failure. The fear of failure. You know, the truth is, is... is um, I remember, I don't know, about two years ago, I, I really didn't want to do that song, King of My Heart. Like, I really just didn't want us to do it, okay? I know that's made me too open and too honest with you, and, and, but, but I did want to do it. And I remember uh, one Sunday morning sitting over here, man, and I had been battling that thought of, man, of this, man, God, did you call me here to fail? Right? And wrestling, struggling. And it wasn't until we got to that, they got to that song and they started singing that part, You'll Never Let Me Down. That God began to speak to me and like, look, man, I didn't call you here to fail. And part of it is because his reputation, his name is at stake. Right? Stake. <laughs> yes? So it's kind of like this, man. I find myself worrying about this. Man, am I failing my wife? Am I failing my kids? Right? So often, I think maybe, if I could say, be honest with you, the number one thing I probably worry about is not meeting the expectations of people in this church. Even the unrealistic ones because there's loads of those. Right, but but it's amazing how watch this. As a pastor, when you love people and you care for people, you don't want to let them down. And there's this fine line between seeking the approval of man and seeking the approval of God. Very fine line. But what happens is, is when so many people they got expectations and they put it on you. Guess what? It's easy to let that thing get you. Yes. Maybe that's too honest today. So sometimes I worry about this. Man, am I going to fail God because I'm not stewarding well what he's entrusted to me? Man, am, am, I, am I get, you know, whatever, I get worried, you know, am I going to preach well or not? Now, I remember years ago I would preach and I would get so caught up in the results. Like, what happened? And I remember one day God basically took me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it said this. It's quoted Paul and it says, Paul said, uh, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. And I finally had to realize, you know, and I, Quentin Self does not have the ability to save anybody. He didn't have the ability to heal anybody, set anybody free. None, I don't have the ability to do any of that. My job is to deliver, and it's up between y'all and Jesus what happens with it. And that broke that worry, right? But, but here's the truth, though, is, is in my brain, I have, I have a solution to answer and a rebuttal for every one of those things. If another pastor sit in front, stood in front of me, I'd have loads to tell him, right? Hey, you'd... You should do this. You'd be all right. But the truth is, is how many of you guys know that your emotions in your brain don't always line up? Man, they just don't. So li- listen, so let me maybe say this. Um, if I'm being honest, and maybe you're like me, maybe you're not here, but sometimes I can confuse my worries for what they're not. Discernment. In other words, I can think that, man, that, that, that I am discerning something, that God's giving me insight, that I'm starting to see something, and the truth is, is no, it's just worry. It's really not Jesus at all, right? And so what happens is, once again, I, I, uh, 
You know, my worries are nothing more than this. I'll just say what I wrote here. Nothing more than a, than a distortion of reality that causes my mind to be preoccupied and distracted. Once again, that, the typically, that typically, when that happens, the enemy tries to slip in and use my worries to strangle, once again, to choke out the life of God that's in me. And I'm not the only one here that happens to. Right? So, in fact, this, and, and we'll move here, but re- research has proven this. Research has proven that if, if worry and stress linger long enough, guess what? Then it negatively affects your body. So, like this. Here's the negative effects. Depression. Well, I'm more, I've met more depressed people in the church. Right? How about this? Anxiety. Migraines. Ulcers. That's for you men in here. Digestive issues, that's, that's me on Sunday mornings. <laughs> High blood pressure, heart attacks, sleeping disorder, physical wear and tear in your body. In other words, you start looking old. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, Are you, have you been stressed? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why are you looking old? <laughs> I'm going to get somebody in trouble. Hey, on, on a for real note, check this out. I'll give you a word of encouragement here. The, the other day we were coming off of, uh, it was a month ago, we were coming off North Haven. We just, just got off the ferry, and, uh, you know, we're in the car, we're going home, and, and I got a buddy that, that uh, left North Carolina the same time I did to go plant a church in Orlando. We haven't talked him probably, I don't know, a year and a half, something like that. I, I love this guy. And, uh, and he FaceTimes me out the blue, and, and, and my buddy Damon, he's got like solid black, here's a black guy, so he's got solid black hair, uh, you know, all black goatee last time I saw him. Okay, he called me, popped up on Facebook, right? This man had been planting a church in Orlando, FaceTime. Yeah, whatever I said. Anyways, and I'm telling you, this man had more salt and pepper in his hair. I was like, holy smokes. And, and I didn't say nothing. And the first thing Damon said to me was, he said, Q, you got a lot more white in that beard than the last time I saw you. <laughs> Welcome to pastoring the church, brother, right? So, but that's it, man. It's stress and it's worry. It ages you. Right? It'll make you look old. The last thing on that list is this. is Research proves that, man, it causes relational conflict. Think about how many times have we had relational conflict with another person, not because of who they are or who they're not, right? But because we're stressed out, irritable, and we're worried about something we can't control. In fact, I'm going to step out of limb here and say this. That, that is it possible that a lot of our issues that we have in our marriage uh, really don't have anything to do with our incompatibility as a, as a couple? It has everything to do with our fact that we are stressed out. And guess what? That we, we just take it out on each other. So true, right? So I want to ask you again this morning, what are you worried about? But, but maybe more importantly, I want to ask you this. What does God want you to do about it? N- notice there's a key word there. What does God want? you to do about it everybody look here please man as as believers sometimes it's so easy to think just god God, you do it all and i tell you what this is a a divine partnership gang there's our part and there's his part right and so when it comes to worry guess what there's so many things that god wants to do for us but he can't do it unless we start operating in the way his kingdom operates Amen. amen So what does God want us to do about it? Listen, I I know we read this last week, um, but I want to look at it again in Matthew 6 for those who weren't here. And once again, I just want to say this. God's solution for our worry is to seek him first. That's it. It's to seek him first. I'll read this, and I'm going to throw a few things at the wall, and uh, and we'll get out of here. Okay, so Matthew chapter 6. 
Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth. Now remember everything we've already said. Where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. It says, whoever or wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to your number one reason you worry. Money. Yeah. It, it, you know, I may disagree with the statement later, but I'll just say it. I, it you know, c- could our worry about our finances prove how much we're enslaved to it? So verse 25 says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Boom, boom. He hit it right there with where we're at. It says, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. It says, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Let's pause there for a second. Think about this. What has worry ever produced in your life? That's good. (laughs) Listen, has it ever yielded anything positive in your life? The answer is absolutely not, right? And then it says in verse 28, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflower that are here today and thrown to the fire tomorrow, he, he says he will certainly care for you. Man, you want to circle that word care there. It says, why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? It says, these things, once again, dominate the thoughts of those that are in that other kingdom, unbelievers. But as for you who are citizens, sons and daughters of the upside down kingdom, it says your heavenly father already knows your needs. Right? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give everything you need. It's a good word, right? All right, so let me throw a few things at you here, okay? I wish we had about another hour. I'm going to try to make this quick. All right, here we go. So what begins to happen when we begin to seek the kingdom of God first? I think a few things begin to happen. When we begin to go after the kingdom of God, the first thing that happens is, is we let go of what we can't control. Come on, wake up with me now. We let go of what we can't control. In other words, let me say it this way. It is hard to embrace the kingdom of God when you're holding on to this world. Right? So if we're going to embrace the kingdom of God and God's ways, then we got to let go of that stuff. And why are we afraid to let go? We're afraid to let go because we can't control it. I, don't know, I can't tell you how many people I've, had say, I've heard uh, tell me, basically say, uh, you know, I can trust God in this area and this area, but I can't trust him with my money, and I can't trust him with this, and I can't trust him with my job, I can't trust him with my business. <laughs> then you're not seeking kingdom first. Because when you seek the kingdom, what first, you, you can't hold on to all that other stuff, right? So watch what 1 Peter 5, 7 says. It says, give all your worries. Give all your worries and your cares. Your translation may say anxieties to God. Why? For he cares for you. So listen, how do we let it go? How do we let our worries go? Man, I'm preaching to myself today in Jesus' name. As we, as we pour out our hearts through prayer and through worship. 
If I can maybe say it this way to you, I love what uh, the book of Joel says. It says, rend your heart and not your garments. In other words, don't go through the motions. Man, pour out your heart to God. And if you want, your, you want to give your words to God, man, pour your heart out. So often we get in the prayer calls, y'all listen to me. It's like religion has trained us to get, oh, Heavenly Father, we come as humble as we know how. Man, shut up. <laughs> shut up, dude. Just pray, man. Right? Is that too strong? <laughs> Just pray. You, you know, you don't talk like that anywhere else. Just be like, just be you, right? God, I am struggling. Amen. Go read the Psalms. Go read the Psalms and see how, see how David did it. Follow suit. If you need to know how to do it, pray one of those things. All right, here we go. The, the other way, listen, once again, is, is when we get in this, and I'll just say it this way, when we begin to let go, this divine exchange begins to happen, right? And we begin to pray to God, we're going to pour it out, we begin to worship Him, and God's presence comes, guess what? And there's a swap here, and we'll, 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 you'll see the swap when we get to the end. But here we go, number two, when we let go, we will be what? We'll be reminded that He cares. We just read, give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. Listen, because God cares for us, listen, we can be confident, not only does He hear us, not only does He see us, but greater than that, maybe more importantly than that, He is with us. Listen, and if he is with us, guess what? Then he is aware of every single, uh, you know, detail, every single need, big or small, that we will ever have in our lives. That's good news, isn't it? Man, he said he'll never leave you. Get that. He'll never leave you. He is there with you. He's watching. He's hanging out with you, right? And so he is aware of the needs that you and I have. And I love what the Bible says in Philippians 4, 19. It says this, and my God... My God will supply. He will supply. Not maybe, not if, but he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And once again, I just want to remind you that every one of God's promises, the thousands of them that are in the word, are all basically built on one thing, God's love for you. Every single one of them. They're connected, they're rooted in God's love. Number three, when you and I are reminded of God's care and God's faithfulness, I think we can't help but to be grateful. Listen, everybody look at me, please. I understand that the way we do things in this church are maybe a little different than the way a lot of you guys were raised, right, as far as how we go about worship. Is it okay I'm saying this? Good, because I'm sad anyways. Anyways, (laughs) I I understand it's different, but listen, what our goal here as a church is to simply worship how God wants to be worshiped. Every single thing we do in this church is going to be found in the Bible, Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, uh, hey, when it comes to worship, stand there like you're, you know, like you're frozen. <laughs> the frozen chosen. All right, here we go. <laughs> That's funny. Some of y'all get more movement in the bathroom than y'all get in worship. Are right, you hearing me? Listen, when you, when, you remember, when, you remember the, when you remember the goodness of God, man, how can you not respond to him? Right? And be grateful, right? And so, listen, there comes a time, it's this, that, that when all hell is breaking loose, one of the things I try my best to do, I had to come here Friday because I was struggling Friday. So it's funny how often when you, whatever you preach, you've you got to wrestle with it for a week. I don't, and I'm like, man, I don't, get, I don't understand all that. But listen, I just had to come in this room, and I had to begin to go, God, I recognize these things are going, but God, I, I'm thankful for these things. 
right? I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this. And what happens is, is guess what? That when we begin to get grateful, man, we begin to be released from our worries. And I'll just say it this. When our worries begin to disappear, guess what happens? Our faith will take over. Right? There's something about when you get your eyes off that and you get your eyes on him and something changes in your heart. Number four, when our faith starts to grow, what happens is it allows us to see above our circumstance. Allows us to see above our circumstance. Listen, listen this, what I'm trying to say here is this, is that we begin to understand that our limits aren't God's limits. Are you hearing me today? The, our lim- we're, we're limited, right? We have, a, we have loads of inability. God has no inabilities, right? He has no limits. He's the unlimited one, right? He's all sufficient. Listen, that you understand when, when, when you begin to see above the circumstance, that guess what? That our thoughts are not his thoughts. Thank God for that. Listen, that our fears are not his fears because he doesn't fear. And so, so literally, once again, what happens is this divine exchange where we're afraid and we're worried. Man, courage will come. Faith will come if we fix our gaze upon him, if we seek first the kingdom. Amen? So listen, I, I understand today because I'm with you. I'm in the same pot with you. That, man, humanly speaking, there's loads of reasons to worry. Right? But from God's perspective, there's not a single one. And we have to once again learn not to live in this realm, but from that realm. Amen? Last one. And here's what happens. Here's the greatest part of this divine exchange. Number five is we begin to walk in peace. We begin to walk in peace. You you know, listen, for some of you guys, this may sound strong. I wasn't planning on saying this. But for some of you guys that sit back in gouts, that that you love watching the, the news I'm going to tell you what, I'm not so sure if there's, that's got to be top five, top ten reasons why believers have no peace. Man, I mean, they, there's so much gloom and doom on that thing, and half of it's lies. Half of it's lies. Listen, how do you know that? I, I'll say this, I spent 14 years living in a military town, and guys that I know that were actually doing something, right, and they're reporting stuff, they said, don't listen to any of that, that's not even what we're doing. It's lies. Right? I'm not saying that every single thing they say is lies, but I'm saying that they know how to manipulate something to their agenda. And I believe that the enemy uses that to rob so many of us of, of our peace. Right? So I'm just going to say this. Just a thought. I don't, just be careful. Guard your heart. Amen? Guard your heart. So listen, all these five points we just talked about, I'll just say them again really quick. That we need to let go of what we can't control. We need to remember that he cares. We need to be grateful. We need to see above our circumstance. Number five, we need to walk in peace. All of these things are founded in this verse. Let me read it to you. If we had more time, I would have rather went from the approach of just dissecting this. But we'll just read it. Here we go. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything. Lord Jesus, help me. In other words, it's a, it's a worry-free kingdom. Get that. A worry-free kingdom. I think when we are, we are as couples, when we do a better job in agreement, it removes worry as well. When we learn to communicate, we learn to talk, all those things. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Give it to him. Tell God what you need and thank him. There's the grateful part for all he has done. All he has done. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Watch this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. In other words, now you have peace. Now let me show you how to stay in peace. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure 
and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. It's Paul talking. Everything you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then, in other words, if you do all of this, then the God of peace will be with you. Not occasionally, but all the time. Amen? Amen. All right, so why, all, why is all this important? I've said this a few times. But once again, everybody look at me. The, the, the goal here is, once again, is to live from God's kingdom, God's realm, into this one. Remember what Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on where? Earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we live from there to here. And if we don't know how to live from there to here, we'll never make influence for the kingdom. Right? Watch this. Listen, if, if, if you are in fear and if you worry and you're always a mess, right? If you're always depressed and you're always in anxiety, if you're always all of that stuff, tell me who around you is going to want that. Oh, hear me. You need to love Jesus and get what you got. I'll pass. Yeah? But, but, but listen, you can, be, you can be saved and on your way to heaven and, and uh, you know, dwell in this realm a whole, whole lot and be, be tied in knots all the time. And it's not the goal, right? So, so it's kind of like this understanding. If you and I, A, want to enjoy the kingdom, then we need to do what the kingdom teaches us to do. And secondly, if we want to be a use of the kingdom, then we need to do what the kingdom says. Because I just believe that when we operate, we live under God's peace, and we know that he's in control. Guess what? That there comes a confidence and a boldness and right to be able to step into this other realm and actually have influence for the kingdom of light's sake. Think about what Jesus said in, in, uh, I think it's Matthew 5. He said this. He says, so let your light shine before all men, so that they may praise your Father who is in heaven. Yeah. Right? It's hard to shine your light when you're, when you're a mess all the time. Yeah. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? I just simply want to pray over today. You can go ahead and close your eyes. Uh, I want to get maybe give us a moment uh, to just simply have a divine exchange. And to... Whatever you're carrying in here, because, man, we, I, I know people are carrying stuff. If we could just, man, lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I trust you. Once again, if, if all worry is cloaked in fear and if it's rooted in a lack of trust in God's promises, then, man, we need, to, we need a divine exchange and shift and just say, God, I trust you again. I trust you. Perfect love cast out all fear, right? And he cast our worries and our cares upon him. So, so I'm just going to pray, and then we'll just open up the, the door there for a second and just let you have your own conversation with Jesus and uh, just, just give him what you're wrestling with, and then we'll close. Father, I thank you today for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word has not lost an ounce of its power, hasn't lost an ounce of its ability to relate to our lives. And Lord, you know where we're at today. In fact, Holy Spirit, we just give you room just to to minister to our own hearts. Lord, if there's things that we are worried about, if we're stressed out about, if there's pressure that we're feeling today, uh, Lord, we really, uh, we don't want to carry that. We We want a divine exchange from you today. God, we need your peace. So, Lord, today we just simply come and we we give you our stuff so you can give us what's of your kingdom. 
So, Lord, now we just position our hearts. God, we just want to say to you today, God, this is, this is where we're at. Come on, take a minute there and just begin to tell Jesus, man, Jesus, I'll give you these things. just sense in my heart that there's people in here that part of the reason you worry is, is because of that. It's because you're a control freak. And you want to control everything. And I just encourage you in this moment just to go, Lord, forgive me for trying to do your job. Come on, just take a minute. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Let him be in control. just say this together. Say, Father, I give you all of my worries today. And Lord, I open up my heart to receive your peace. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, today we thank you that your word tells us, God, that when we give you our stuff, God, that your peace will come and guard our hearts and minds. God, that that peace that surpasses all of our understanding. God, that literally when people would go, man, how in the world are you standing right now? Lord, we thank you that it's because your peace helps us stand. Because we stand in your peace. We stand in your presence. And Father, we thank you today that Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace and you dwell within us. And so, Lord, we just ask today that you would rule and you would reign in your peace within us today. God, we believe today, God, that if the universe is upheld by your word, that's what it tells us in Hebrews, then, God, that surely your word can uphold our lives. So, God, we thank you for that today. God, help us to believe your promises. Help us to trust in you and to do, God, what you say. Yeah, Lord. Y'all can look at me real quick. I just while we're praying, I, I, I just I'm not trying to prolong anything here, but um, there, there's a book that was written years ago. I don't know. I feel like I need to say this. I typically don't, but but it, it's by a, a lady named Lisa Bevere, and uh, the the name of the book is simply called this. It's called Out of Control and Loving It. Out of Control and Loving It. I would encourage if that if that hits home for you. I would encourage you to go buy that book and read it. And uh, because there's a life of freedom and peace, man, that comes when you're not trying to everything. And I can be honest with you, all this is wearing your family out. That's tough, right? But because they get they get sucked up in your vortex. And that's difficult for people. And it's hard for people to trust Jesus. 
right around you when you're trying to be so in control. Amen. So, so listen, today, uh, if there's anything, you know, once again, I, there, there needs to be a personal touch in all of this, that, that if there's something that you know that, man, you, you need to give to God, maybe you just need someone to pray with you today. Uh, we have some, we have a prayer team that would be more than happy to pray with you. If you're here today and you know that you've never made a decision uh, to give your life to Jesus, they're up here, man. Please come and pray with them, right? Uh, man, man, there is no, that, that's a surefire way to remain in worry. By, uh, by not giving Jesus your life. Amen. So, um, yeah. So let's just do this. Noah, just come and just uh, pray really quick over us, and we'll be done. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming today. God, we just take a, a moment to recognize who you are. God, you are so good. Help us to view you from that perspective, that God, you are good that you don't have plans for evil, plans for destruction, but God, you're looking out for our best. So Father, help us trust you. Help us in our, even in our unbelief, help us believe you, God. We just say, God, we want to trust you more. God, we just cast our worries and our cares upon you. We thank you that you're here for us, that you're here with us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And God, we just thank you for who you are. We trust you and we love you. Thank you for just everything that was said today. God, we pray that every word that was from you would just hit home. That, God, you would remind us this week as we're going through life, as we're struggling in a moment. God, thank, thank you for just encouraging us with, re, with remembering the word that you've spoken through Pastor Quentin today. God, we just bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.